Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place that everybody wants to be. You are in Victory Lane. We went racing in Memphis this weekend. I had a lot of fried chicken. I had a lot of ribs. I got very fat. It was glorious. Uh, Pocono also happened, but that was, well, eh, it was it was just Pocono. We'll hit on that. We'll preview Michigan and Colorado for the K&M Pro Series West. I will be on site as well this weekend out right outside of Denver. Should be fun. You know who else is fun? Daryl Waltrip. Get her revved up, Jaws. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Memphis 150 presented by AutoZone from Memphis International Raceway. Let's get into it. Yes, I wrote in my notes, we had some NASCARs racing at MIR this weekend. You want to know what went down? Well, here's what went down. Max McLaughlin wins the pole. He's really fast. Sam Mayer, he's already won this year at Bristol. He's really fast. They were the two quickest cars on Saturday. Chase Cabry, who's been a quick car this year as well, he's finished second twice. He's finished second three times coming into this weekend in his two-plus year career. Chase is running third on the restart after the stage two break, and he sent it full send into turn one on lap 102. He got there. He bumped the 21 of Mayer out of the way, uh, who went into the one of McLaughlin. They both went way up the hill in turn two, and Chase was able to hold off the rest of the field until the end for his first career K&M Pro Series East victory. In his 33rd start, his third full season with Rev Racing, Chase Cabry is a winner in the K&M Pro Series, and my goodness, was he amped. You guys probably saw uh, the chat that I had with him on the front stretch after he won and his climb-out video, which was just insane. That was one of the most jubilant celebrations that I had seen. But I caught up with him in the garage area after victory lane had happened, after he changed, had a little bit of time to digest, and, well, let's just say he was still on cloud nine. Well, Chase, I asked you on the front stretch if it had sunk in yet. It's about 10, 15 minutes later. How you feel now? <laughs> like a million bucks. <laughs> it feels so damn good. Um, my crews, they've worked their ass off. Um, they really have. And, uh, you know, we don't have the budget some of these teams have. And so to come out on top is, is badass. Um, you know, they, they really work hard, and, and I can't thank them enough. And um, I saw an opportunity there and, and won, and uh, I went for it and stuck my nose in there. And uh, we'll live with the consequences later. Right now we're going to live with a win. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped. Before the season we were talking, and you kind of admitted to me, as your teammate Ruben did, that this is kind of one of those make-or-break years for you. If you don't do it now, then there might not be another chance to. Was that move that you did in turn one, kind of diving underneath the 21 on the one, were you thinking about that then? Yeah. Um, you don't have time to back out of situations. We don't have, you know, 36 races, and, and who knows if I get another car as good as I had today yeah, in the rest of the season. So I saw an opportunity to win a race, and uh, I've been dying to win a race. So um, I saw it, and I took it. And uh, like I said, we came out on top, and, and I'm, I'm pumped up. 
you told me before the race that you didn't know that you guys, if you guys had any speed, you were really upset with the handling of your car throughout the race. So what changed throughout the day? Patience. Uh, you know, I get frustrated really easy, and my crew chief does a good job of calming me down. And Doug Howe works really hard, and Glenn Parker uh, builds one heck of a race car. Uh, they, this thing's a 2015, and we're battling against, you know, 2019 race cars. So um, they they worked their butt off and uh, throughout the race and, and kept a, a good head on my shoulders and kept me calm on race, and that was what it took. I talked to your friends over there, and they seemed like they were having the time of their lives. They said that they met you three years ago, and you kind of became friends with them through social media and everything, and it seemed like today was a culmination of all that. How cool is it to have them by your side? It's so cool. Justin is uh, a really good friend of mine, and uh, I met him. I met him here, uh, right up, right upstairs, or right over there. Hospitality during, tent. Yeah, during the hospitality tent, and uh, we became good friends and, and stayed connected through social media and uh, and been texting back and forth and just been really good friends. So uh, I paid my own money. Uh, their, their pit passes to come in today so uh, happy to have them with me and uh, they're, they're a big supporter of mine and, and a series like this you don't get to come by that very often What does your plans tonight look like? <laughs> uh, we're actually going to drive back to North Carolina and then Sounds we're gonna, lit? Uh, we're going to party <laughs> like hell tomorrow on the boat with old Nicky Bobby <laughs> Enjoy my friend Thank you. I asked him on Sunday right after the race how his party was going on the lake and let's just say he was lit he was pretty litty Ty Gibbs, he finished second, and he was two for two this season when it comes to finishing in second place. Uh, finished second at New Smyrna in his K&M Pro Series East debut. Took a couple weeks off and finished second here as well at Memphis. But as you'll hear here, he is not satisfied at all with coming up in second place. He was being a little sassy to me, but I dig it. Uh, you throw some sass at me, I'll throw some sass back. But hey, the kid can drive, no doubt about it. Ty Gibbs with a P2 run. Ty Gibbs comes home P2 today in the Memphis 150. Pretty solid run for you, I'd say. Two races in the K&N series, two second places. Not too shabby. Yeah, not really a solid run, you know. Second, so I guess I just want to finish second. Uh, that's all I'm out here for. I don't want to win anymore, so I guess I'm just going to go out here and finish second. But my car was pretty good, just not good enough to run on long runs, and that's where I got beat there at the end. So um, I guess we just go back to the shop and work on this thing you know sucks my buddy d2 wasn't here he's in the hospital right now so we're playing for him so hopefully if he was out here maybe if he was out here we would have won so gotta give you some solid mojo going into the rest of the season i know this week you announced some more races on your guys' schedule how do you feel about the rest of the year you know i don't know um definitely want to go get some wins i've already got second about 20 times so might as well win at one point here this year so let's get it his dgr crosley teammate tanner gray can also drive race cars pretty well not bad for a drag racer. Third place in the race and leaving Memphis third place in the point standings. Let's hear from him. Tanner Gray comes home P3, DGR second and third, but unfortunately did not get that top spot. But I keep telling you, I don't know when I'm going to stop telling you that for a drag racer, you're pretty good at the stock car oval stuff. Another top five for you. How about your day? Yeah, uh, it was definitely an up and down day. Um, we struggled with uh, the car a little bit throughout the race. I struggled with the restarts. Just, Really didn't get any good starts there till the end, which hurt us just losing track position in a place like this. So I got to clean up that, and uh, you know we just started too free, uh, and uh, and then at the end just got too tight, um, just overcompensated. But all in all, it was a good weekend for us. Um, you know, it's not the exact weekend that we wanted, but um, you know 
we came out That's with a good points day and, uh, you know, brought home a one piece. So, uh, you know, we'll go on to uh, the next one and uh, see if we can get a couple spots better. That's what I was going to ask you. You gained a little bit of ground on Derek Kraus, who I think maintains the points lead here. Don't have it in front of me. But how about the momentum and your confidence level heading into Thompson? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just not just my confidence. I think it's everybody's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we've had a – our last few runs have been really good and um you know we just keep learning and getting better and um you know all the guys at dgr are working really hard and bringing fast race race cars and um doing an awesome job helping me so um you know i couldn't ask for a better group and i'm really excited about uh moving forward and like i said just go to the next one see if we can't get a couple spots better here's where it starts to get good party people so sam mayer we touched on him at the open he actually rebounded to finish in fourth place after a huge tie rub happened after Chase got into him. But he's he's getting pretty tired of people running over him and taking advantage of him. And he's only 15 years old. He always has a smile on his face. He's got a great team around him, and he, he's had a lot of success in his career in the past. But don't let that fool you because, as you'll hear right here, he can get a, a little feisty when he wants to. I caught up with him afterwards as he was kind of debriefing with his team outside of the hauler. He was not happy. Sam Mayer comes home fourth. Top five result. I know you wanted some more. You had one of the fastest cars. Where did your day go downhill and what happened? <laughs> well, it went downhill when we got dumped. Uh, but, I mean, it's the second time it's happened. And, I mean, two little wrecks equals one big wreck for someone else, I guess. But I guess we'll find out. I mean, I'd rather just outdrive them. But, I mean, if they're going to keep doing this, I'm going to do it back. And I hope they hope they listen to this so they know. Uh, because I don't want to do it, but, I mean, if they keep doing this, I will. Uh, we were really, really fast. I mean, we pitted with, like, 20 to go, 30 to go, and we still got up to fourth. So it, the car is amazing. I can't thank everyone at GMS enough, Driver's Edge Development, Chevrolet, Chevrolet Accessories, everyone who helped support me and gets us out here. So um, we're going to go kick some butt at Thompson. I know drivers don't really change their driving style per se when things occur, but you're so young. You're obviously being molded every time you go out on the racetrack. Do you anticipate having to drive around certain people a little bit differently moving forward? No, I just, I'm not going to think of them as people or car numbers. I'm going to just think of them as just cars and just go out there and beat them all and just go win the race. And if anyone gets in my way, well, it's their problem. There you have it. Blunt, honest, calm, cool, and collected. Uh, I think he has some points there. The thing is, to me, I will be curious to see if he actually follows up on it because it's tough to it's tough to talk the talk. It's another thing to walk the walk, and that's no disrespect to Sam because we're gonna we're gonna talk about Max McLaughlin here in a second. But it, it's one thing to say all that; it's another thing to be in the position to you know have the chance to bump this certain driver out of the way in a certain portion of a certain race. You know, you can't just manufacture those things, but. I have a feeling that, you know, with the way that the series has been going this season, with the guys and gals that we're seeing run up front week in and week out, I have a feeling that at some time or another, Sam Mayer is going to be on the back bumper of Chase Cabry, whether it's for position or whether it's not for position. He will give him the business. I I, I can say that with some confidence because um, I had never seen Sam that mad. Well, I take that back. He was actually real mad after the first Swim 100 at South Boston when a similar incident happened to him. But we're going to hear from Max McLaughlin because he also had some had some pretty strong words to say about Chase Cabry. Derek Krause, he finished in fifth place right behind Mayer. He was he was just all right all day long, a top five, and he maintains the points lead 
going into the rest of the K&M Pro Series East season as we're going to go to New Hampshire next, not Thompson. We'll hit on that in a second. But I asked him as well, you know, coming into Memphis, he kind of told me that, you know, if, if we're in the top three in points leaving Memphis, we're probably going to give this thing a go to try to run for both titles. And uh, as you'll hear from him at the end right here, that's still the plan. Derek Krause comes home with a top five today in the Memphis 150. He kind of ran around fifth to fourth to third place-ish all day. It was a solid day overall, but how do you think it went from your perspective? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an okay day. It just uh, We struggled a little bit throughout the day. We can't keep the brakes on these cars. I don't know I don't know what's going on with that. But What happened today? I, I, didn't, break, I didn't. I don't know. Brakes run out. So I don't know. We'll go to Thompson. Still think we got the points laid by either one or two or something like that. So go to Thompson and so this this is the kind of runs we need. Just stay consistent, mm -hmm. keep them in sight all all year, and just keep moving around in the next race. I know it's not confirmed yet, but you said before the race that if you guys left here in the top three in the K and N East points, you most likely would try to finish out the full East schedule. Is that still the plan? Yeah, yeah, that's still the plan. Alrighty, thank you. And as I mentioned, it's going to be New Hampshire, not Thompson, because that race has unfortunately been canceled. Some people were asking me, you know, what's the reasoning? Is it because of car counts? That's been a rumor on social media. I, I'll tell you guys with 110% honesty, I do not know anything other than it was, I was told that it has been logistical reasons between the track and between the sanctioning body of NASCAR. That's all I know. That's all I'm being told. I'm seeing everything that people are saying, and frankly, yeah, there's there's definitely some credence to that, but factually speaking, that's all I have been told, and that's all I know for facts, so I mean, I'll try to do some digging, and you know, there's stuff here and there, but in terms of what I've been told, that's what I know. Let's talk about Max McLaughlin. Uh, he was none too pleased either, and I want to preface this soundbite by telling you that him and Chase Carberry are friends, or at least were friends, like really good friends. Um... He was very blunt. He was very honest. I was kind of surprised at how blunt and honest he was because I had seen them interact at the autograph session the night before at the Bass Pro Shops in Memphis. I had seen them interact on Pitt Road before the race starts. I know that they took like a 12-hour road trip together from North Carolina to New York to race on dirt because I know they both love racing midgets, I believe. Um, but I'm going to just throw it to Max because he was... He was not really going to play nice with his friend or maybe former friend, Chase Cabry. It was it was a pretty insightful, blunt, honest, short and sweet interview. Max McLaughlin comes home with a sixth-place finish, started from the pole, about a handful of laps there in that first stage before the break. And then after that, it seems like your day kind of fell off. What happened? Got dumped by Chase Cabry. Did you talk to him afterwards about anything? Nope. Do you anticipate talking to him? Nope. I know you guys are friends off the racetrack. Do you think this will blow over? I mean, what do you think is going to come of it? It's just a shame people got to race like that to win races. You know, Sam and I were going to have a really good race. Uh, I feel like we were definitely the best two cars. Um, you know, Sam and I raced really clean all day, and uh, you know, we've seen it all year. The four car just kind of dumps a lot of people and drives really aggressive when it's not really near the end of the race. And, you know, it's just you don't get many uh, friends like that. But uh, it's, it sucks to see that. And, uh he won the race, so I guess that's what he had to do. Can you take any positives out of a day like this, leading the most laps you've ever led in a race and running up front with consistent speed throughout the entirety of the weekend? Yeah, I definitely feel like we had the best car, and, you know, we uh, had a great shot at winning that race. And, uh, you know, uh, Sam got me with, you know, I think lap 80-something um, on that green flag run, and I just used my stuff up a little early. But we put new tires on and fired off on that re restart, and 
I felt like we were definitely the best car in new tires, so I was uh, going to try to clear them into off of two and, uh, you know, try to run away with it, but uh, the four car had other plans for us. Thoughts going into Thompson? Um, just, you know, clear head, just go do what we can do and uh, try to keep our nose clean from things like that. Thank you, Max. Thanks. Something that I thought as I walked away was like, man, when I play this on Victory Lane this week, you guys can never tell me that I don't bring you exclusive content because uh, that, that's some good stuff right there. Um, but again, he, he was not happy. Same thing with Sam Mayer. Like, Sam's a rookie in the series full-time. Max, the same thing. They're both with great teams in Hattori Racing Enterprises and GMS Racing. They're both going to have rocket ships for the rest of the year. So's Chase. You know, the k Pro Series East talent pool and, and team in terms of cars that are competing every week is really deep, honestly. And I think that Max is going to get a shot to bump Chase out of the way. So Sam. And Max was talking about Sam racing him clean for, you know, 80 or so laps. And they were going to have a nice battle out for the win. And they were probably going to do it cleanly. But according to Max and according to Sam, Chase's move was not clean. Um, so, you know, I'm not one to judge. I see why Chase sent it in there. I definitely see why Max and Sam are PO'd. Uh, if I was in their shoes, I would be saying the same thing. But if I was in Chase's shoes... I would probably be doing the same thing and saying the same thing as well, but that's why I have a microphone in my hand, and I'm not a driver. Todd Gillen did not have a good weekend either. He actually came back this weekend with Bill McNally Racing to try and get some good momentum back on his side because, let's face it, his Gander Outdoors Truck Series season has has not been great. So you figure, all right, Todd Gillen, two-time K&N West champ, back with the team that put him in victory lane almost 20 or so times, Two titles. This is going to be a walk in the park, right? Hold on top five all day. Nope. He finished eighth, and he never really contended for the win. He ran around eighth place all day long, and uh, he saw me coming up to him. He's like, oh, what do you want? We ran eighth all day. Like, we just did not have a good day. So he was not too happy, and I'm sure that Kyle Busch's comments about his Kyle Busch Motorsports drivers, which is Todd and Harrison Burton, that came out earlier that day, did not help matters at all. And I asked him about those comments, which ended up coming out in an article for frontstretch.com this week, and he kind of teased some changes that were upcoming, and those changes were announced uh, at the time I'm recording this. They were announced yesterday, some crew chief shuffling. So let's hear from Todd Gilland about his run and Kyle Busch's comments about him earlier in the day. Hotty toddy, Todd Gilland comes home eighth today. I told you before the race, I wasn't used to seeing you back in the field, used to up in the front, and today just didn't seem to go your way. What happened? Yeah, we just kind of struggled all weekend. Um, from the first lap on the racetrack, I was wrecking loose on entry, and um, we just never got it, never got it close. So um, I feel like I-, I was worried about finishing last. So, uh, you know, racing with those guys, restarts are important. It's hard to pass once everyone gets going the exact same speed after 20 laps. So um, I don't know, it seemed like everyone was really free. No one could really drive their cars uh, to the limit or over it. So uh, made for kind of single file racing pretty good there at the end i guess but um overall for us just missed it this weekend but it's still a lot of fun to, to come back with bill mcnally racing mm-hmm. different team um Haley Ding and uh couldn't make this one but uh you know hopefully we hopefully we gain something uh that they can take in the future so um new crew chief uh a lot of different guys so still a lot of stuff to work on i have to ask did you see what your boss on the truck side said today uh, i saw some stuff but um I mean, we aren't doing anything. We're, we're running bad, and, um, you know, it's, obviously it's not what you're expected to do or not what I expect to do in, in Kyle Bush Motorsports stuff. So, um, 
today definitely didn't help, obviously, going back yeah. to K&N and not running good, but uh, it's all part of it, you know. I, I feel like before I would have wrecked this thing if I was that loose and just drove over, over the limit. So uh, half of it's being smart. The other half is pushing it to uh, the extreme and uh, knowing where to do that. Obviously, Kyle's one of the best all time. When he uh, tells the team to do something, they listen and, um, you know, chemistry is everything. If, if people believe in him and uh, I need people to believe in me like they, uh, like they do to him. I asked you before, I, I think when he had his first kind of batch of comments towards you and Harrison, you kind of just take it on the chin and just roll with the punches. Is that kind of the same mindset? Like, how do you handle criticism like that? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing you can do. We uh, we aren't running how we ought to, and we know that. So, uh, you know, we're just going to go work harder every week. Um, you know, sometime we're we'll, going to make a change. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what we need to do. But, um, you know, the biggest thing is just – staying consistent, um, bringing the same Todd to the racetrack every weekend, letting them work on the, the truck, and um, not my, not putting myself in bad positions. Thank you, Todd. Ruben Garcia Jr. was kind of mad, too. This time, he was at mad at Ty Gibbs, who ended up spinning him out uh, in the last stage of the race. And Ruben didn't have a race-winning car, but last year, he won this race for the first time in his career, and he was on his way to a solid top-five result for sure. But Ty Gibbs had other plans. He was beating the back bumper off the six for a long, long time, and he just had enough. And Ruben, he, he's he's kind of in the same boat as Sam and Max. He, he's about had enough with these drivers. Uh, he's not really going to put up with it too much longer. Ruben Garcia Jr., the defending winner coming into this race, obviously doesn't have the type of day you want. You're running pretty well inside the top five, I believe. And then over there in turn two, you had some contact with the 17. What did you see? Yeah, um, it was it was actually going to be a good day for us because my teammate Chase was uh, really fast all week. And then, then we finally figured out some stuff before qualifying and got our car pretty good. We're running up front but for like half of the race and we're, we had a pretty good battle there for uh, inside the top five. And uh, we, we felt very strong until that 17 got to my back bumper and just beat the hell out of me for two laps, two laps straight until he finally spun me out coming into turn one. And... It's it's a shame because we really had a fast car and um, it's just I'm getting tired of running with these kind of drivers that they they can if they can't pass you they just send you to the wall or they just push you so um, that's not how I race but if they're that's how they're racing me that's how I will start racing now. I'm gonna give you a soundbite from a kid named Parker Retzlaff. He was making a series debut. He finished tenth, and I kid you not, guys, this kid is. Maybe, maybe 95 pounds soaking wet. Like, this kid is tiny. He is he's 15 years old from Wisconsin. He is skinny. He is scrawny. And a lot of the drivers, honestly, they, they were telling me earlier in the day, they're like, hey, man, like I, I don't know if this kid's going to hold up. Like, Memphis is hot. These cars are big. It takes a lot of strength to muscle these cars around. And you're doing it for 150 laps. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. But he held up, he finished 10th, and he ran all the laps. And that's what his team owner, John Visconti III, for Visconti Motorsports, and obviously this race was a partnership with Chad Finley Racing as well. That's something that he wanted to see. He said, you know, best case scenario, I think we could probably get a top 7 finish, but a top 10 would be great as well. They got that, and the main thing that John told me was that they wanted to finish all the laps. That's what they did, that's what Parker did, and I caught up with him afterwards. Parker Retzlaff, your K&M Pro Series debut. You're bringing home with a top 10. How do you think your day went? Uh, it went pretty good. We were just learning as we were going, and I feel like in the last like 25 laps, we really figured it out, and we were doing a lot better. 
and this is obviously your first race with Visconti as well. Chad Finley helping out. I know that your team owner, John, kind of looks at you as a, as a project, you know, some races this year, possibly more in the future. How do you think you gelled with this team? Uh, we, we won really, really good this weekend, but it'll just keep getting better as we go. We can work on Parker's interviewing skills, but that comes with time, doesn't it? He's a nice kid. I'm, I'm sure we'll see him later down the road. He has a couple more races scheduled this season, and they're going to hopefully wind up running him in some more races next season, but we shall see. Stay tuned on that. Overall, with Memphis, it was a solid weekend. Uh, great people that run the racetrack down there. Uh, shout out to Sweet Dina, my girl Dina, for having me down there. Uh, we went to Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken. Unreal. We went to Rendezvous for some ribs. I like to call it Rendez Vows because that's how it's spelled. Unreal. We went to Bass Pro Shops, got to go up to the top during golden hour and see the sunset with all the drivers. That's another thing. So Derek Krause, Tanner Gray, and Todd Gillen, very afraid of heights. Did not know this. So I'm running. I'm riding up in the elevator with Derek, and he is tweaking out in his little 16-year-old Wisconsin accent. And I'm like, dude, you got to relax. Like, it's 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 honestly fine. Please, chill. And he's like, oh, I don't know. How, what if this place falls down? I can't do it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, relax. And then we get up to the top, and Chase Cabry picks up Derek and is about to throw him overboard. It was it was the funniest thing ever. And Tanner was, like, smiling, trying to play it off. Like, he's like, eh, I'm fine. But he clearly wasn't. And Todd was kind of tweaking out as well. Drew Dollar wound up, like, holding his hand. It was It was kind of funny. All right, like I mentioned, Memphis is a great racetrack, 150 lapper. There were two breaks in between, um, three quarters of a mile racetrack in Millington. Um, there was a, there was a solid crowd there. I enjoy the racing there. I, I will say it again: there is no reason why the Truck Series should not race at Memphis. Period. Next, Pocono 400 from Pocono Raceway. Honestly, not going to sugarcoat it. There's not much to talk about here, people. Kyle Busch wins the race. He had the best car all day long. So, Kyle, how was your day? Um, I think I passed one car today. That was on the outside of turn three, and I got a good run through turn two and kind of shallowed entry to turn three a little bit, and uh, Boyer went to block, so I just shot out to his outside, got alongside of him. I mean, that was that was it. Um, I don't know if anybody else passed anybody on the racetrack for the lead like that, but um, if so, then maybe this package is awesome, but that's all I know. Great. Thank you for that very thoughtful, insightful answer. If we could just ask you one more question about the package. Zach Sterniola, Pocono Record. Uh, two parts. Uh, first, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate the package? Here? Stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. Okay. <laughs> I literally laugh every time I hear that. It's like, like when I heard it for the first time, I thought that he was kind of like being sarcastic and joking. And then the more I watched it, I was like... Oh, he's actually serious, but it's just so funny. Can we hear that again? Zach Sterniola, Pocono Record. Uh, two parts. Uh, first, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate the package? Here? Stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. Okay. Stop. No more package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. <laughs> That's funny. No more package questions. You can't have them. He's like, he's so unhappy. He He's not usually this unhappy after he wins, but he just hates the package. And this time he was so unhappy and it's, it's honestly just kind of funny to me. Maybe maybe his crew chief, Adam Stevens, can break down the race a little more or at least tell us how he's able to keep Kyle focused and handle what is Kyle Busch throughout the week because, let's face it, that's not an easy task. Uh, we spend a lot of time during the week together and, and talking about what we're up against and what everybody's up against. And, and 
you know, at the end of the day, we're not racing packages. We're racing other teams and other drivers, and, and it's our job to beat them. And, and that was the same with last year's rules, and, and, and it's the same with this year's rules. So, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of perspective and uh, making sure that he's focused on the right things. But um, as time goes, that gets easier and easier. Rounding out the top ten, we had Brad Keselowski in second, Eric Jones in third, who is working towards a contract extension with JGR, Chase Elliott fourth for his fifth straight top five finish. Clint Boyer rounded out the top five. Then he had Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, William Byron, who started on the pole, and Eric Almarola rounding out the top ten finishers. Kevin Harvick was running in second place for most of the race. He seemed to be the guy that could challenge perhaps Kyle Busch. They wound up taking two tires on the last pit stop, but they had an uncontrolled tire penalty. So that set them back, and then they ended up having power steering issues anyway, so their day kind of went kaput from there. And like I mentioned, no, no way to sugarcoat this. It was not a good race. Um, pretty boring. I, I was really sleep-deprived from Memphis that entire weekend because I was just up early for all three days of that weekend. So I was very sleep-deprived, but I might have fallen asleep for a little bit, which never really happens with me in races. But you know what? You're not going to have barn burners every single race. Life goes on, and so will we. Looking ahead to Michigan International Speedway and Colorado National Speedway, let's start out with the Cup Series. Firekeepers Casino 400, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Fox Sports 1, maybe Fox, I don't know, too lazy to check. Stages, 60, 60, 80 laps. Defending winner, Clint Boyer. Xfinity Series, also in action, the LTI Printing 200. Truck Series in Texas, Greg Biffle is in the field. Stick with the Biff. It's going to be so fun to watch. Hopefully, I'll be able to watch it when I get to Colorado. Um, some storylines going into this cup weekend. Is this the weekend that Harvick will finally get into victory lane in 2019? Will Joe Gibbs Racing keep on rolling with the Kyle Busch and the Martin Truex Jr. train? What about Denny Hamlin? Can he get his third win of the year? Kind of underrated that he's had two wins already. Can Eric Jones silence the Christopher Bell haters and get a win? Can two-mile Kyle Larson win a points-paying race in 2019? He obviously loves racing on these two-mile racetracks, and he's won at Michigan a handful of times. How about Hendrick Motorsports? Can they break through? William Byron's had a couple poles lately. He's led a handful of laps. Alex Bowman's finished second three times so far this season. He's running very well. What about Jimmy Johnson? Michigan, you see fuel strategy come into play a lot of the time. With these stages now, you don't see that as often, and with this new aerodynamic package, but who knows? Maybe he can slide in there. Chase Elliott is going for his sixth top five in a row. Can he get his second win of the year? We shall see. And my pick, just for you-know-whats and giggles, I just drew his name out of a hat in my mind. Kurt Busch. Why not? Is Kurt Busch going to win? Probably not. Am I picking him? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm just doing it. What about Penske? Can Penske continue their dominance, the Penske power that we have seen thus far in 2019? Brad Keselowski coming off a runner-up finish. He has three wins this season. Joey Logano coming off of a top 10 finish. He has a couple wins this season. Maybe one, two, I don't know. Ryan Blaney has zero wins this season. Can he kind of get off the schneid in the Penske organization and get his first win of the year, first since the Roval last season in the playoffs? A lot of storylines, as always, heading into Michigan this weekend. And the package, I don't know how it's going to be. I really don't. I hope that it's better than Pocono. I hope that it's reminiscent of something that we maybe saw at the All-Star race. Maybe that something we saw at the Coke 600, but... This is a completely different track. It is a two-mile track. Those tracks are mile and a half. Uh, Auto Club earlier this year wasn't the Auto Club that we've been accustomed to seeing. 
Pocono this year was not the Pocono that we've been accustomed to seeing. So I guess you're just going to have to sit back, relax, and try to enjoy the show and wait and see. I'm going to try to do my best with that, even though I probably won't be able to watch a second of the race because I'm going to be flying in the air. But hey, I'm going to try my best. Colorado National Speedway in Decono, Colorado, right south of Denver, I believe. Saturday evening, fanschoice.tv, tune in, live, NASCAR home tracks. Usual suspects will be there. It's a very, very picturesque track. I loved going there two years ago. I was really upset I couldn't make it last year. I was in Europe, actually, at this time last year, having a lot of fun. Sunrise Ford, they were 1-2-3 last year with Derek Thorne, Ryan Partridge, and Trevor Huddleston. We'll see if they can replicate that success going into this weekend. I actually talked with Jagger Jones, driver of the number six car, this week for a story that's up on NASCARHomeTracks.com right now. Basically, you know, is there any extra added pressure driving the six car this year that Derek Thorne piloted to a championship last year, a handful of race wins, and he's won a championship twice? And his answer was, you know, for a, what is he, I guess 16, 17-year-old kid, whatever he is, his answer was pretty honest. It was like, look, my grandfather's an Indy 500 champion. My dad, he's raced NASCAR, kart, sports cars. I'm used to pressure. So, no, I use that as motivation and confidence. And thought that was a pretty good answer. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk with him later this weekend, maybe create it into a podcast for an upcoming episode. We shall see. And also, by the time this is posted and you're listening to it, the story on Justin and Jaden Grimsley is probably posted from Memphis International Raceway. It's going to run Friday morning on NASCAR home tracks. It was a really cool thing that I kind of just happened upon, you know, by circumstance. I saw these two guys hanging around with Chase Cabry all day, and they were in victory lane, and I kind of asked them what was going on, and they they told me their story, but I won't spoil too much of it. I'm going to have you check that out on NASCARHomeTracks.com. I'll, I'll be retweeting it and sharing it on my Facebook page as well. Let's close it out. Lug nuts of the week. Cue the music. Ross, the boss, the watermelon man, Chastain has declared for Truck Series points. So what does that mean? Well, he declared for Xfinity points to start the year, but he wasn't earning points in the Truck Series, and he's won a race so far at Kansas, but none of that matters. So he's changing his declaration, which means he starts from zero. He has eight or nine races, I believe, to get into the top 20 in points and win a race in his Nice Motorsports truck. If he does that, he's in the playoffs. And I saw a stat that if Ross had been running for truck points since the start of the year, he would be second in points right now, locked into the playoffs. Sheesh. I hope he gets it, man. That'd be a really, really cool story. Cole Custer also won the Xfinity Series race this past weekend. It was a hell of a finish from the highlights that I saw as I was watching in Memphis. Let's hear from good old Cole Custer. I wish it just wasn't that close. <laughs> I think it just, uh, I wish it was uh, no cautions, <laughs> but we had such a big lead. But uh, I just went in there and tried to get on Tyler's bumper. I didn't hit him at all. And uh, he just over overdrove the corner and missed the bottom a little bit. But I already had my di- my downshift planned. So I was able to, you know, have a little bit extra torque coming off the corner and end up was just able to clear him. So uh, but yeah, I, would, I love winning it, winning it that way, but I wish it wasn't that close. <laughs> Got by Tyler Reddick there, coming off a of turn three and beat him to the checkered flag. Sad news, Sean Souls passed away in a motorcycle crash this week. He was a 10-year employee of Stuart Haas Racing. Thoughts and prayers go out to everybody there at SHR. Crew chief changes at KBM that I teased off the top in the segment. Marcus Richmond's going to move from Todd Gillen's number four to the 46 truck for its next two events at Iowa with Riley Herbst 
and Gateway with Chandler Smith. Wes Ward, who was a shop foreman at KBM, he's going to be Gillen's interim crew chief this week at Texas. Michael Shelton, who has served as the crew chief for the 46 team, uh, he's going to be the interim crew chief for Gillen at Gateway and Iowa. So I guess after those two weekends pass, they'll kind of reassess where they are and figure out everything else. Greg Biffle is going to truck racing this weekend. I cannot wait. Stick with the Biff. John Roberts. I love it. Can't wait to watch him wheel around that number 51 KBM truck this weekend. That'll wrap things up for episode 14 of Victory Lane 2.0, party people. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please do me a favor. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. We got it all going for us. We'll have a guest next weekend, maybe the weekend after for sure. Uh, I lied. We might not have a guest next week because I might just give you Colorado audio. But the weekend after that, since Thompson has been canceled, I have one more guest from my mirage of interviews at Bristol, who's an Xfinity Series regular that's impressing this this year. Hopefully, I'll have him speak to you guys in a couple weeks here. Peace and love, my dudes and dudettes. I'll see you all from Colorado. If you're heading out there, say what's up to me. If not, I'll catch you back here next week in Victory Lane.